Hello, everyone. Welcome. It's the program that keeps you up to date on your Houston Texans, no matter where you might be. Well, as long as you can listen to this, that is, because if you can't, then that would be very difficult, wouldn't it? I'm Mark Vandermeer. We're here at the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio at NRG Stadium along with D.P. Sidhu, and I haven't done a show with you for a while. How's it going, D.P.? It's it's going fantastic, Mark. I know. You and I just haven't been in studio at the same time for a few weeks now. And you had the uh, Fuddruckers show last week. I was jealous of that. I was jelly of that because I had jelly. dinner. Yeah, because I wanted to go to Fuddruckers and see the peeps. You know? You're going to get plenty of opportunities when the season starts. But a one-hour mm-hmm. show goes really, really quickly. Like during the season, we do the Fuddrucker Texans player show, yeah. and then we do all access. So it was just all access. But it was me and John Harris. Flies by. It Wait. flies by. Fans were out there. Did you have a milkshake? I did not have a milkshake. What? Because it was only an hour. I, I think yeah. I can get through an hour of radio without a milkshake. You broke tradition <laughs> at Fuddruckers. Well, you weren't there to mm-hmm. drink most That's of it. That's right. We so. always split those things. Yeah. And uh, we will have our Fuddruckers Texans player show this fall, by the way. That I is official. Wait. We don't have an official lineup yet, but uh, some of the people who were on last year, let's just put it this way, have said they will be back, including but not limited to a verbal from Whitney Merciless and DJ Reader. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that'll be good. And I'm sure a bunch of other guys. When you said a list, I I thought that's quite a lot of players because with all the injuries, we had a lot of stand-ins. Oh, you're right. (laughs) That could really be anybody that is returning for 2018, but that's fine. That's that's a fun show to do. The injuries were such a story, and as everyone knows, or maybe you don't know, but we've said it numerous times that the Texans used a record 78 players last year. And... We were going over the. We have a, a publication called the Yearbook. It's basically a preseason pre uh, season preview magazine, but it's called the Yearbook because that's what the publisher wants. It's a long story. Anyway, so we were going over our articles this morning. You know who gets what article, and every year it's pretty much offense, defense, draft, and Bill O'Brien. Well, this year we're going to do an entire story on guys who were hurt who are coming <laughs> back because there are a lot of them, and it's not just the big three: Watt, Merciless, and Watson. There are a ton of guys that you might have forgot about that got hurt, and their contribution this year is going to be huge for this football team. It might be your lengthiest feature in the mm, yearbook. I, I think so. I have to start writing it immediately. All right, so, DP, let's do the hot reads as we do during the regular season sometimes. Not always during the off season, but I think we have plenty of info for today after the golf tournament yesterday. Yeah, it's been a busy week, and rookies will begin arriving for minicamp on Thursday at the golf tournament yesterday. General Manager Brian Gaines says he expects safety Justin Reed and outside linebacker Peter Columbay to be at camp because of these new changes to the Pac-12 rules. Mm. So before a rule change last October by the NFL, all the Pac-12 rookies, they had to wait until mid-June before they could start working with the pro teams that drafted them. So anytime we drafted a Pac-12 player, we wouldn't see them for rookie minicamp. We wouldn't see them until maybe towards the end of OTAs. Xavier Suofilo, Kyrie Fairbairn. Yeah, they were definitely among those players. So now schools like Stanford, which the Texans drafted these two Stanford players, they're on a quarter system. Graduation is still going to happen a month later, but now the schools and the Pac-12 are allowing these players to be able to work out with the team and attend graduation, sort of manage both at the same time, not have to say no to the NFL teams. I think it's great. It's great to get them in here early. Yeah, so it's a unique thing that, uh, that helps us now in terms of the players being here uh, when we need them to be, but also if they have uh, expectations that need to be met in terms of their graduation timeline as it relates to players from the Pac-12 where that's happened in the past. But uh, the compromise basically has been they now have the ability to take care of their profession and still go through and see uh, their graduation, their ability to graduate and, and to participate in that. So it's a delicate balance between both 
but with the new rule, it's been able to accommodate both ends of it. It's such an important part of mental, never mind physical, but mental installation of what the team is trying to do on the field and the off-field stuff, too, because you get to come here and meet with the people and just get acclimated. And that way, when training camp arrives, you sort of hit the ground running, if you will. Yeah, you're not like three steps behind when you show up for training camp. With yep. Xavier Sufilo being part of the O-line, like he showed up. And I remember that was a big story his rookie year was that he had a lot of catching up to do because yep. he pretty much missed most of the offseason workouts. Mm-hmm. So that'll be good for these new draft draft players. And it'll be great for us to actually see them on the field early. And I can't speak for the coaches, but I'm going to predict here or just analyze it and say that this way you get to give them a good – prescription for what to do during that five-week downtime between the mini camp and the start of training camp because they have to work out they have to get ready it's not like oh we're off to Cabo for five weeks and we're (laughs) gonna go eat you know you gotta hit training camp in shape conditioning test day one pass it so yeah they got to see them a little bit before but now they get to see them a lot and I think it's really gonna help them during that five week off off time period, downtime period. I think it's going to be a challenge for everybody, not just the the rookies, what to do during those five weeks. You've got a new head strength and conditioning coach. You've got right. a sports performance program. You've got a new team nutritionist. And everybody's sort of learning the ropes of what's expected of them. And Brian Gain and Bill O'Brien, they both talked about that yesterday too. They want they want the new guys to be acclimated to that. But I think it's it's the same for the, the veteran guys. Even J.J. Watt talked about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. This is, These are all things that they've, They've got to learn to adapt to. It's exciting, but still new for them. I know that you've talked about this on shows, and I have, and I think I mentioned it with Seth and Mike, that it's no joke with the dining hall changes, the cafeteria changes here. The food is definitely different now. I I have not been in the cafeteria. This is bad on my part. I stopped eating in the cafeteria a few years ago. Yeah, because you bring in your own little scientifically engineered food or whatever it is. I don't need to eat like a 300-pound NFL player. (laughs) I just don't. And I discovered that when I started gaining weight. (laughs) I don't See, to me, I feel like, I guess this is inside baseball stuff. I'll put that in air quotes because it's an actual football stadium. Like inside inside it's insider stuff here but i always feel like i can eat so healthy here no matter what because they have the salad bar you just get a piece of meat and some salad you're good to go you can stay away from the carbs but there are a lot of carbs here if you choose to have them you know and those look you're right 300 pound offensive linemen (laughs) need to have a lot of carbs they're gonna fill up on stuff but the point is this we don't need all that but now it's healthier i think the the offerings are healthier because Mm -hmm. it's everything's trending towards nutrition keeping your body in the the most optimal condition deshaun watson even talked about it too like his nutrition coming back from an injury has to be very different because you want to strengthen all the the muscle and the cartilage and everything Mm -hmm. there and mark i mean you probably have strong cartilage because you eat there anyway so i have strong cartilage yeah uh, the and it wasn't like it was fast food before, but it was definitely uh, it's definitely healthier now. I think. And Drew talked about going through the gauntlet in a way when you walk through the hallway in the morning. Sometimes those guys are they're working out in the weight room, which is now called the sports sports Perform- performance center. Thank you. And in the hallway, they they line them all up, and they have all these like hurdles, apparatus and items bowls. that they yeah. work with. Yeah, so it's pretty cool stuff to see. We get to see a lot of it. Luke Richardson. Obviously, has a lot of experience. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He knows what he's doing. This is going to be fun to watch. It's amazing how you think head strength and conditioning coaches in the NFL, they pretty much I, – I mean, I always thought when I came into this position and working here that it's pretty mm-hmm. much the same. Like, how how different can you make it? They're all NFL players. They all need the same regimen. But everybody's got sort of their own style and technique. Yep. So it's really interesting to see. And I think it's really good for the players to just have a fresh start and – start anew, especially after the injuries last year. They've all raved about it, which is cool. 
to hear the positive reviews. You know, it's Absolutely. not like, oh my gosh, I can't stand. Well, the who's going to say that anyway? Well, but no, it, but it does I, seem like they're excited. But here's about the it. thing: in my uh, experience with some of the players I've interviewed at events and things like that, they've gone out of their way to say it. They don't have to do that. If they don't like it, That's they true. don't have to do that because they haven't always liked everything because they're human. But I think they really are embracing this. So. Just want us to pay dividends on the field, and we'll have to wait till September to actually see that happen. All right, what's next? J.J. Watt is not putting a percentage on it, but he says he's looking forward to the new season. He'll be at training camp and will likely participate to some extent in OTAs. He looked pretty good on the golf course yesterday. I know you were out there golfing with yeah. him. Thanked his girlfriend, Kalia Ohai, for the inspiration. She, he said watching her go through her rehab motivated him through his injury and rehab, which I thought was really nice. I thought that was nice, too. And he I did th- look really good on the golf course. He had a very, very powerful swing. Yeah, he apparently can hit the golf ball very well. You know, he's a former hockey player. He's got the swing it's down. It's different, though, isn't it's it? It's a little different, yeah. But you know what? If you could just sort of line. These guys I don't really know athletes. what I'm looking at. It just looked it looked powerful. A lot of these went guys. went in the right direction. Yeah, that's going in the right direction. <laughs> that's important, important golf. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That can sometimes be the most difficult thing. Is How, how did you do yesterday? Uh, I was in a good group, and you're a pretty good golfer. I'm I'm just slightly above average, not just above average, slightly slightly above. above, Okay, which is that's what I've always said, you know, because I when I go out there, I try to break ninety. I'm that kind of golfer. I'm not a great golfer, but I enjoy it. I enjoy it. How about that? I have a good time. (laughs) That's what you should do when you play golf. But it was fun to see the players out there, coaches. Bill O'Brien's group was behind us, so occasionally, like, you know, during a scramble, you get people. And this is all for the Houston Texans Foundation, the Houston Texans Charity Classic. Raised a ton of money for the Houston Texans Foundation and partners. Uh, so you had Bill O'Brien and the group behind me. So they'd pull up every once in a while because you get jammed up at tee boxes every once in a while. And uh, I'd get some running commentary from the head coach. And, on your know, swing? Or on just my swing or people in my group or, you know, stuff like that. As you could well imagine, the head coach of the Texans has things to say about people well, chasing him jo- around a little white ball. John McClain, we were we were standing around talking, waiting for the head coach to address the media, and John McClain said, a head coach is usually not going to be good at golf because if he's got any extra yep. time, he's working on football. So. He actually said that. He said, uh, I was going to tell Mr. McNair that if your coach is any good at golf, uh, that's it's not a, a bad good, thing. It's a bad thing. You want your coach he to be bad at golf. He but doesn't I, look like he has a temperament for golf either. I mean, I'm just what, saying. Brandon Whedon, I think he was in Mr. McNair's group uh, because Brandon Whedon's probably the best golfer on this current team. It's always the backup quarterbacks. The backup quarterback. TJ Yates was really good several yeah, years back yeah. too. I asked Mr. McNair who is the best player golfer that he's played with, and he said, you know, David Carr could hit it a ton. He's a great athlete. You know, Schaub could hit it a ton. I once played with Schaub, but it was after it was in the afternoon after morning conditioning when they were getting killed. You know, they were just the strength and conditioning coach at the time was just butchering them. And so they get out to the golf course. They have no legs or arms or anything, <laughs> nothing left, you know, after a huge workout like that offseason workout where they know they don't have a game coming up. But he still played pretty well. He played Augusta once, and I think he shot very well there. You Is know, that where a, he hit the lady in the head? No, no, that was not at Augusta. That was during that. I did ask him about that, that in an interview. Uh, was what was it? Story. That celebrity tournament in Lake Tahoe in August. <laughs> he hit a lady. He hit a lady in the head. It so. bounced off of her, and he still made par. So That's right. That was that was fortuitous. Was I wish he was a little more fortuitous on the football field. Otherwise. Oh, yeah. but back to the Watt story. So 
this was very endearing to me that she helped him to his rehab and helped him get Couldn't through walk. it. And he's yeah. inspired by her and she's helping him. She's been a huge inspiration to me. Not only from seeing her rehab and seeing her go through everything she went through and being able to get back on the field and um, play the game that she loves, but also her helping me through mine. I mean, she was so incredible. For, the, for two months after my surgery with my knee, I couldn't walk, I couldn't stand up, I couldn't do anything. So she had to literally helped me do everything from showering to eating to cleaning up. I mean, and she was there through every every piece of it while she was still rehabbing for herself. And I think that I couldn't be more thankful to have somebody who's so special to me and willing to help me go through all that while she was still going through stuff of her own. So I'm very lucky. You know, I just... Uh, the couple that rehabs together, Mark. It's kind of like sports superstar love story <laughs> stuff right there. I almost saw the movie in my mind as he was talking about it. I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. This is, you know, somebody's got to shoot this. And now they'll both be healthy and back on the field again? That would be great, especially because they're both Houston athletes. I mean, Houston athletes, and he's obviously iconic. And the thought of him getting back to the way he was, or even, you know, 90 80%, whatever it is, is so tantalizing to think of what? Back in action for an entire season, you know, I just... Hope it happens, and you know everyone's hoping for this, so let's just see how it plays out. Yeah, Johnny and I were talking about this a few weeks ago. We said just for the city of Houston to see J.J. Watt back on the field, especially after everything he did with yeah. the hurricane and Harvey Relief and yeah. Walter Payton Man of the Year, just really want to see. I think everybody's really rooting for him. He looks he looked really good on the golf course. I guess we'll find out in OTAs and minicamp yeah. and training camp how he really looks out there. But, you know, I find it interesting. He's not putting a number on it. He's not setting any expectations. It's like he's been through this before. Yeah. And uh, Drew Doherty's theory is that he's setting the bar very low and then he's just going to really surprise everybody. But I think it's more just he's just, you know, tempering it because he's been through it before. He doesn't want to tell everybody, I'm at 100% right now. Yeah. Because then, you know, if he if he doesn't want to go in training camp or he can't go in training camp just yet. Has to take a few days off, whatever. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It's just not Remember a big deal. Remember last year in training camp, he there was one day where he wasn't shaken up or anything, but he just sort of left the field, and I think Jeff Kaplan was talking to him, and he did some side running, and we thought, oh, my gosh, what's happening? And I started to worry about his career. You know, I have natural overreaction because we had just lost the entire season before after week three. But then he made it to the starting line and was playing pretty well. Didn't he begin the Patriots game with back-to-back TFLs? Was that the one? Yes, he did. looked like uh, everything was headed in the right direction, obviously, until the Kansas City game. But in training camp, you you see guys take days off, take weeks off. Bernard McKinney was out for like a chunk of time yep. in training camp and everybody was freaking out and I mean, he played the whole season just fine. I think you never want to take a chance in training camp. No way. they're so overworked. No way. The whole idea, I mean, the coaches have to get the team ready to play. They have to get everybody in their right spots and get everybody in shape. But you want to hit opening day healthy. Everybody healthy. Everybody gets to the starting line. Opening day in good health, good enough to play professional football, then you take it from there. You know the injuries are going to happen, but you just hope they don't happen to you. This team has suffered enough, but it's not about that. It's, you know, we always talk about it. It's not like roulette, red, 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 red. Doesn't mean black's coming up next, you know. You just hope that your luck changes here with the injuries. But some luck you can control, and like we talked about, the sports performance center upgrades here, the cafeteria, every little tiny bit, every little incremental bit, you know, we always talk about the game of inches, and maybe it results in that extra push at the goal line at a key moment in December. You never know. That's what blows my mind about this game, all the practices, all the off-season work. And then it comes down to, did so-and-so inches, make a fingertips seconds. play? Yeah. Like, did he knock it away or did he make the catch? 
and it determines your whole season. The fate of the season is in that one play, and you think about maybe a play in OTAs in May made the difference or helped build to a difference in that particular moment. Maybe it didn't. But that fascinates me about this game. I love that part of it. It's amazing. But you, mm. what, to, to your point, I do think with soft tissue injuries and stuff like that, you can have some control over it. I mean, obviously, like, J.J. broke yeah. his leg. You can't right, control right. I mean, if that or happens. Or if somebody hits you, like, Cushing twice, you knocks get landed it out for the on season. Mom. Nothing you yeah. can do. But if you've got sort of recurring injuries, there's probably good ways to manage that. All right, DB's going to stay with us. We have more hot reads, a little bit of a depth chart look from me. Let's keep it going here. Texans All Access. Keeping your company on a Tuesday evening. I was about to sing that, but nobody wants to hear that. Mark Vandermeer and D.P. <laughs> Sidhu here from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. It's Texans All Access. All right, we never finished Hot Reads because we were blabbing along, and that's what we do sometimes here on the program. So what do, you, what do you have next, D.P.? Well, Brian Gain was also hopeful that second-year running back is hopeful, I should say, that Deontay Foreman will be ready by the time the team puts the pads on. Foreman is in the recovery process, he says, and that's because he had the Achilles injury and surgery uh, because of his injury suffered on November 19th last year against Arizona. So very good news on the Foreman front. Obviously, Mm -hmm. the team brought back Alfred Blue. We were discussing whether we could read into that or not, but they did not draft another running back. So would be great to see Foreman back out there when the team puts a pass. I am going to give you the definitive answer on how Deontay Foreman could possibly be coming back from the Achilles injury. And I'll tell you this, because there's been a lot of talk about this. Chris Wessling, NFL.com, wrote a big article about it. Sean Bajani was talking about it over the weekend. Then Seth and Mike this morning were talking about players recovering from Achilles tendon injuries and compare and contrast and all of that. And the answer is... We don't know. I was. I, <laughs> we don't know how, do how he's going right, to be. Right. We, we just don't because there Nobody are knows. numerous examples of players who didn't do well coming back from Achilles injuries. Now, uh, Seth did reference that, oh, the medical technology, those who say the medical technology is so much better now, does it really have an impact? I think it does because Devere at- Posey, they mentioned him very briefly, but I think that's a great example of medical technology changing because he got hurt in mid-January and made it to opening day in in he September, did. on the 53-man, in the starting line, well, in the in the lineup anyway. He was activated that day. And was he himself that, well, I don't even know who himself was because he really hadn't done much. That was his rookie year, right, that uh, that Patriots game. He kind of was coming along in that, in that blowout pay, uh, playoff loss. And then he ends up going to Canada, doing very well, gets back into the NFL. I think that DeVere Posey is a pretty good example of how these things can go in a positive way and – I wish I had the audio here. I don't have it. But the the summation is this. The medical technology changed, and he was describing to me, he's a smart guy, describing to me the entire process of Achilles recovery and how it's just, or re- Achilles treatment and surgery, and how it's just different than it was in, say, the days when Marino got hurt and he was never the same again. It's just better now. It's better than it was in the 90s. It's better than it was 10 years ago. So let's just see what happens with Foreman. I remember DeVere Posey also saying that he used to watch film of other players that had been through the same injury. He kept in contact with them. He tried yep. to reach out to as many players as he knew. I think he reached out to D'Amico at the time because he had been through it. Who had it. been through it as well. And it's it's not the same example, but on the line along the lines of medical technology improving. How about Jadevian Clowney when he had his microfracture knee surgery? I remember, a lot of people said, oh, he might be done. We were on the air when that news broke. Mm-hmm. We were at a Fuddruckers show. Oh, we were at the Texans Grill. It used to be at the Texans Grill and yep. when that news broke. And I remember just feeling just overwhelmingly sad because you yeah. just think, you know, you think the other guys that have been through it just never able to come back, never come back the same. And not only does he come back, he comes back in nine weeks. 
Or nine months. Nine weeks would be tremendous if he came yeah, back. Yeah, nine weeks. weeks would be good. That would be amazing. He was back for week one the following year, and I just thought, you know, I'll never doubt techno- medical technology again because everybody's different. Everybody's different in the advancements. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? who knows? I mean, I think that the technology is there to bring a speedy recovery to Deontay Foreman, but it's up to a lot of things, and some are within his control, some are not. Let's just find out together. That's all we can do. Now, they have Lamar Miller. They re-signed Alfred Blue. Uh, they have some other options as well to carry the football. And you just want to see him, though. I mean, you want to see him in year two. He knows the system. He's not a rookie anymore, even though he has to go through this recovery process, even though you're not going to get to see him at all, really, probably until late in training camp. But it'd be great to see him. We don't need even to if see him. We don't need to no, see him. No, we don't need to see him. We don't need to see. He knows enough to get out there and contribute. Maybe he starts the year on pub. I don't know, but I'd love to see him in uniform with Deshaun Watson and this offense. Yeah, I it'd think be everybody, great. everybody wants to see that. All right, nobody knew what he was going to be last year as a rookie, mm-hmm. but now I want to ask you, this year's rookie class, mm-hmm. who could be a starter for well, this team? Well, we talked a little bit about Justin Reed because he's a potential late first round, early second, wherever people thought he would be drafted. Now, none of that matters anymore. Now he's going to be here with a chance to make plays for this team. Let's just see how quickly he gets acclimated. You said in the first segment how he can get here right away from Stanford now. I think that really helps to get in here, OTAs, mix it up with the veterans. He'll be here for rookie camp this weekend. And by the way, we'll have all the rookie camp coverage Friday, midday, and late day, Saturday, midday, and late day. They'll be here Sunday. We'll have all of this for you. We'll discuss it for the next week or so as to how these guys are looking to us. But Justin Reed... I think has a good chance because he's got the pedigree to do it. You know, he's got the smarts to do it. He is a rookie, but he'll have a chance to make some noise. I don't know about start, but certainly get into the mix in that defensive backfield. I think there are going to be a lot of options there. We talk about it with nickel and dime, whatever. But then you look down the line. I mean, when they start two tight ends, and if you want a run blocker in there, is Jordan Thomas a guy that you could possibly have in there as a starter? You know, now what about offensive line? Because you know, you have the rookie Martinez Rankin. Can he start at tackle for you? He might have to if you get injuries or whatever, but can he possibly beat people out and make it at right tackle, possibly even left tackle? I don't know. And I think they, they don't even know yet, DP. I think they just want to see how these guys look and ramp them up and see what happens. I think it'll be really interesting with Martinez because yeah. – is he going to be left? Is he going to be right? Will be a swing tackle? Mm-hmm. You know, I heard them discussing this on one of the morning shows. Whoever is the left tackle, whether it's Julione or him or, you know, Chantrell Henderson, his name gets floated out at right tackle. Whoever comes in second, is that person automatically the right tackle or does that person become the swing tackle and is left and right pretty much set? I think that left is Julione, right is Henderson, and then you're right. The next man up is going to be the swing. And if it's a rookie, my gosh, you know, and Julian Davenport, he's just one year removed from all of that. At least he's been through the mix a little bit. He had a few starts late in the yeah, year. Yeah, started so. late in the year, yeah. so maybe he could handle it. But, gee, I, I just think they're so thin at left tackle right now. And if Julian Davenport couldn't do it, I guess it's Henderson, assuming that he looks good, he'll be the left tackle. Or do they go veteran? There are some veterans out there on the street Guys waiting for phone calls. You know, the right tackle equivalent of that would be, say, Eric Winston. You know, somebody like that who's later in their career. You're not going to bring them to OTAs because you don't want to use the spot. Assuming they stay in shape, you feel like it's not exactly plug and play, but you feel like you can plug them in and get something out of them. 
So I think there are a number of guys like that, and maybe they go in that direction prior to training camp. They're going to see what they've got in OTAs. Why waste reps on a veteran right. who we basically know what he's got? Let's just go with what we got at OTAs with these 90 people approximately. And then after, after minicamp, then you say, well, all right, who do we really want to bring to camp here? You know, do we really need another left tackle? Let's bring a veteran, whatever, an Austin Howard or somebody like that. And maybe that happens. Maybe. Or maybe there's you want so to give, many, there's you so give many your guys them. extra reps, too, because the more guys you bring in, the less reps there are for the guys that Good are on point. your roster. Good point. And I want to see these undrafted free agents. I want to see how they look this weekend, you know, and all throughout OTAs, and they do, too. So you're right. You don't want to use up those spots. Sign these veterans later when you really feel like you have to, if you need to. And if you don't, my gosh, that would be wonderful. One name you didn't mention, Kiki QT. I'm really excited to see what he does yeah, on special Usually teams. that's the first guy I mentioned. Is it? You think special teams, huh? Just because every year we're talking about uh, who's the return guy going to be. And I think Will Fuller, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on keeping him healthy. Mm-hmm. Tyler Irvin's coming back from an injury. Right. So do you just designate one guy to be your return man? What if What if – QT is like the guy. I love Fuller returning punts, but I hate it at the same time. I, it's, it just it's like Daniel Manning back in the day. Like yeah. you love Daniel Manning returning kicks, but then you just also yeah you were watching with like your eyes half covered. Yeah, too. wait till he gets to the playoffs, and then you know you just everybody you just got to sell out to you try to win those play, right. playoff games. And maybe that's what you do with Fuller. But Kiki QT, look at it this way. You know, DeAndre Hopkins has always been healthy. I know he missed the last game of the regular season. But, you know, it, it's funny. With guys who don't get hurt, you sort of take for granted sometimes. That they don't get hurt, but yeah. But you need insurance at all positions, you know. But DeAndre Hopkins is your leading. If this were a basketball team, he's your leading scorer, right? He's going to fill it up. So he's going to get a ton of catches, touchdowns, everything. But Fuller will, too. But Fuller has had some injury issues. So Kiki QT, to me, is the third guy battling it out with Ellington for playing time. Right. Ellington's a veteran, though, and QT obviously now. But I think he's got the goods to compete, at least be a fourth guy. You know, Braxton Miller is definitely, you know, the alarms are going off for him. Oh, my gosh, here's another hen in the hen house. i got to respond to this. Uh, but I think QT could find his way into the field for a lot of plays on offense, not just special teams. And if Fuller gets hurt again, maybe he can step in there. I don't know how they see him in that particular slot, but – we saw a game last year where they had, you know, at Tennessee, where they had Andre Ellington playing a wide receiver position and Steven Anderson. And, you know, they were just trying to, you know, all, everybody, all hands on deck trying to get through the football game. So I think Kiki QT can help you in a lot of different ways. All right. You mentioned the what playoffs. You, wait, 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 wait. What did you get called out on for the Kiki QT, the cute, calling it a cute lineup? Yeah, you were I on think, train wreck I Tuesday this morning. I was, and I missed it. I had a few people in the office tell me I was really disappointed but then i thought what did i do in the last week that would put me on train wreck tuesday uh johnny and i were at fuddruckers and i was talking about kiki qt and the tight ends and how that'd be a cute combo you know on the inside Mm -hmm. passing game and then as soon as i said it i said why did i say cute but i think i was thinking qt Mm -hmm. and cute was the first word that jumped into my mind but then we changed it to something like formidable or yeah. impressive yeah. or so we we Johnny and I we brainstorm like five vocabulary words out right loud up. out loud mm-hmm. so I, I I didn't listen to the segment but I I did hear that they played my entire but I heard thing. they didn't they were gentle though I think I wanted to know who agreed and mm-hmm. who disagreed <laughs> <laughs> that was important to me yeah. Seth Payne says he uses the word adorable a lot so yeah I'll but give I- him a shout out. 
I, doesn't work. I don't for know. Him. I don't know. I want to hear him use the word adorable with a tight tight end wide receiver combo. I don't know how we do that. Well, but I do think QT lends itself to like those words for some reason. I still don't see it when I read his name. <laughs> you know, it doesn't I look like QT. QT, but uh, people knew it right away because they're Texas Tech fans and. A couple of the guys I was playing golf with yesterday are TCU people, and they said they were happy to see him graduate and move on. Get out of Texas Tech because <laughs> they don't want to see him anymore on the opponent's squad. Good stuff. All right, I was going to ask you about the playoffs. We yeah. were talking about playoffs, mm-hmm. and I know we don't talk about odds and numbers and such like that right. too often, but I wanted to get your thoughts on some numbers, odds recently released about the Texans. Oh, the Bovada stuff. Yeah, I didn't know if I was allowed to say that. Yeah. But Bovada is the most popular yeah. Uh, well, it's, like, it's worth bringing odds. up. It's worth bringing up, don't you think? Because if the Texans, according to them, are the third most likely team to win the AFC, that's notable to me only because sometimes you look at those guys and you say, hmm, what are, what are they thinking? You know, It's not like they know something because they can't predict the future. They you, do, Mark. They do. They always do. They always they know. They know we're going to be healthy. They, they know. know that there will be no injuries this year. It's amazing. But before a game, I don't know why I like to check what the spread's going to be because it, they, you know Vegas gets it right more just so, often just than so not. People, and we can talk about this part of it. Just so people know. And sometimes people read too much into these numbers. These numbers are based on where they think the money's going to go when people participate it... in the dark arts, as dark Sean arts. Pendergast and Johnny Harris call them. So they are just gauging where it's going to go. But this, but indicates... they were wrong. They were wrong. I I want to say several times last year when Deshaun Watson was there. I don't think anybody foresaw what was going to happen then. How could you foresee Let's fifty-seven take... <laughs> points against Tennessee, <laughs> or even I... at Seattle? The points that, that yeah, he put up because that day Seattle. I had fear that uh, it was not going to be a good afternoon at all, and they ended up erupting on the offensive side of the football. So I think this is what you call respect for Deshaun Watson for this offense and returning starters, returning that are healthy. starters on defense. Oh my gosh, look at them the year before. Now they get Watt coming back. I mean, if if most of the guys stay healthy on defense, they should have at least a pretty good defense to go with that explosive offense. If Watson stays healthy, and voila. You have a contender. But I hate this in a way because then Jacksonville sees it. It's bulletin board material for everybody. (laughs) Oh, look what they said, the Texans, huh? I mean, we're in the AFC South where everybody's got a shot. And with Andrew Luck, don't discount the Colts. They've got a shot, too. Well, that is why I was surprised because I think the AFC is so competitive. And you're right. Jacksonville's right up in there in the mix, too. Yeah. You've got Jacksonville. this team was 4-12 last year. So to go from 4-12 to... To the Super the Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. Or the, I'll take or it. the third most likely. I mean, yeah, of course, you'll take that. That The third most likely would put you in the divisional round. You take your shot from there. Look, uh, I think they just have to take – it's the old one week at a time. But you have to win this division. That's your first goal. Try to win the AFC South. Now, a couple of years ago, that seemed a whole lot easier than it does now because these games are huge. Think about how these games just look. Just read your schedule now. When you read the name Jacksonville at home, now those are hot tickets. You know, a couple of years ago, it's like, oh, Jacksonville. <laughs> I could give these to Aunt Gertrude. No, I'm just kidding about that. I mean, but they're all great games. You Jacksonville know that. at home, the last game of this 2018 gonna season. Be, it's going to be, be an epic battle. I, I think we were discussing this on radio, and I said that's actually one of the games, underrated games that I'm looking forward to because that's such a tough matchup. And I'm so glad it's here because last year we were on the road against all the AFC South teams right. in December. Around the holidays to have the Jaguars, that's going to be great. It will be fantastic. For the division, maybe. That could be the AFC South Championship Or for the number three seed. 
or it could be for the number one seat. Or it could be for How the about one them and a, bi- and a bye week. Because Jacksonville's, they're not getting any worse, are they? I mean, on paper, they certainly have not gotten worse this year. All right, we're going to continue the conversation. We'll go around the league, and we'll also discuss a little bit more about this stuff because this division, is it the best division in football now on paper? And things are so important when they're on paper, aren't they? It's Texans Radio. Okay, we're wrapping it up. Actually, we're not yet. We have a ways to go here. And Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Mark Vandermeer and D.B. Sidhu with you. All right, so, D.B., we've got a number of things to talk about, but uh, but I caught wind of the information <laughs> earlier today. I think I have to go right there right now. I know, because exa- I know exactly where you're going. Occasionally, we go beyond the blue lot. There's a football tie-in to this story as well. It's an entertainment story. Okay. As we do talk movies and sports movies from time to time. Uh the Replacements, a semi-popular sports movie about the 1987 strike season in the National Football League. Let's hope we don't have another one of those again. I remember that. Keanu Reeves played a quarterback, Shane Falco, in that movie. He also played a quarterback in another movie that does not feature the sport of football, but it does feature the sport of surfing, and that would be Point Break, the original one, which was one of the great B-movies of all time, also starring Patrick Swayze. And Swayze is one of the greatest B movie stars ever. I mean, <laughs> he really th- is. He is. I mean, he's well, a he's had, some a he's had some A movies too, though. He, all right, wait. What's an A movie with Dirty Swayze? Dancing? Is that an A movie? That's an A movie. That's it's iconic. An a, it's yeah. an A movie. It is. But I played that soundtrack on my cassette player on repeat. Let me ask you this though. Summer. So that movie spawned the commercial in the Super Bowl with Eli Manning right? and Odell Beckham Jr. and the Wake Forest football team, by the way, reenacted the whole thing, and they did a great job. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like, so, I mean, I know they did a remake of it, but right. the fact that a movie has an iconic moment. It's like Titanic, you know, the bow of the ship. Like, but Tell me something, though. That's thirty over 30 years right. ago, Dirty Dancing. And for some reason, you know, so it came out before all these guys were born, basically. Not Eli. But for some reason, <laughs> it still sticks. You Th- know? This I don't understand. I don't understand how, how that happens. How that happens. I think well, is, you know it, what is it, it is? playing on cable? Are they watching it? I don't. But, do people right, watch cable? Movies anymore? that came out before I was born, uh, not too many. No, a lot, <laughs> a lot of them. No, no but like, you would see like Sound of Music came out. Yes, before. But I remember seeing that as a school movie. Yeah. I don't think many schools are showing Dirty Dancing yeah. or like Ferris <laughs> Bueller's Day matter. Off. Yeah. Right. Uh, Although I did see Ferris Bueller's Day Off in seventh grade. I saw it in a classroom. Isn't that amazing? They showed you yeah. Ferris Bueller's Day, Day off, off at school. The stuff they do with the principal and yeah. everything. Yeah. It was like one of those, it's the last day of, uh, like the last week of the school year what where you're cleaning out desks. What school did you go to? I actually gosh. went to a Catholic school, too. And they showed that? They did. That's I also saw Sound of Music, so, you know, well, we were very diverse. We're very diverse. Maria questions everything in Sound of Music. My gosh. <laughs> anyway, we're kind of off track here. Totally. But, by the way, Swayze, great B-movie, Roadhouse. And that's definitely a B-movie. Roadhouse, movie. yes. B-movie. But it's fantastic. I agree. All right, so Keanu Reeves, who played Johnny Utah in Point Break and Shane Falco in The Replacements, started his career, basically, in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and they're coming out with a sequel. Bill and Ted face the music. It's the third one. I, we had to go back and look at when did two come out. Uh, it's called Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And as I say that, everyone's saying, oh, yeah, it was 1991. And we questioned, are they actually in that movie? I thought Keanu they weren't Reeves even the in it. Guy? Yeah. Uh, but Ke- I can't believe Keanu's doing this, although I can because <laughs> I bet he gets a ton of scripts that he's just, eh, no, no, no. Can you imagine what he turns down? Like Some speed, of these actors. speed seven. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't I'm even good. in speed two. <laughs> but, yeah, okay, so but here's how they can do it. So they're not actually Bill and Ted, the teenagers. Now they're way. Now they're like middle-aged dudes 
that right. have families. Okay. Yeah, of course. So it's so not they're like older and you're they're going to have slap, another. Yeah. But George Carlin can't be in it because he's dead. Well, that would make it hard for him to be in it. You could yeah. go hologram, I guess. That'd be a little weird. I love this. I wonder if J.J. Watt's going to be in it. Did you ever see Bad Moms with I J.J. Did. in there? I did. I did. And I remember during the Walter Payton Man of the Year Awards, I was flipping channels and it just mm-hmm. happened to be J.J. as a, the soccer coach. Right. And then I'm flipping back and here he is getting the award. So Amazing. Best, His acting skills are very good. Best Texans actor, Watt, Arian Foster, mm. Or Chester Pitts at that Super Bowl commercial because believe me that was acting. Okay, even though <laughs> they they enacted or reenacted some real life stuff, he and Ephraim Salam had to act in that commercial, right? So I'll nominate Chester Pitts. Okay. I'll nominate J.J. Watt and I'll nominate Arian Foster. Arian had that big chunky role in Draft Day. That was a that was a pretty meaty role. But I and like, Hawaii Five O and Hawaii. Well, that was less meaty. That less was a smaller meaty. role. I think JJ's just had a variety of roles. Yeah. So he's just had more like commercials. He had New Girl. He was in New Girl. He was in Bad Moms. I liked Bad Moms. I mean, you I'm did? not saying Watt is the best actor ever, but maybe he gets better if he continues to work on it. And Arian definitely is an artist because he's got the album and people just pretty to love good. It. It's pretty good. I haven't listened to it yet. You like it? I've I've heard one track, uh-huh. but. A- the the kids around the office rave about it. So they I've, do. It's on my to do list to listen to a few more tracks. I thought you were one of the kids I'm around not, the what, office. Surprisingly, no, I'm not. I, I, I listen to one track. I'm like, this is pretty good. He sounds. You know, we were saying maybe something like Lupe Fiasco and. Oh know, really, yeah. Lupe? Yeah, he kind of he he has a very distinctive sound. He's got an as you would say he you would like his tone, the tone of his voice. You're really? a radio person, yeah. You would like it. I think he's creative. There's no question about that. He's always been a bit off the beaten path. With the way, I mean, we all look. This is not breaking news, okay? <laughs> <laughs> when we did the Arian Foster show, which I know you regret I've that you were not here during that time, regrettably missed missed all of that. I mean, that was a phenomenal program every week. It was, it was. I'm not going to say it was deep, but it definitely went deeper than most sports interview shows would go. And I think he likes doing that. I mean, I, I remember my interview with Arian, which I infamously called 23 minutes with Arian <laughs> because I didn't realize it was going to go that long. Do we you still talk- have it. I have it somewhere. Yeah. I do. We talked about yoga. We talked about poetry. We talked about music. I mean, we talked about all sorts of stuff. Like once you get him off of football yeah. and on to other things, like his football answers were, you know, other than talking about Andre Johnson or like right. a few, few, you know, like the players that he was friends with, he didn't really care to talk about the X's and O's too much. Other current Texans, because Watt's still on the team here, who could act possibly – I think could De- do it. I think DeAndre Hopkins off the beaten path. Maybe he could. Maybe he could. He could do know. appearances for sure. Maybe maybe he's better in commercials. Allow me to. He- well, I think Kareem for some things. Yeah. Well, he is our our player reporter. He's fantastic. Kjack TV is is a smashing hit. It's got a life it of its own. Yes, <laughs> it really does. Also, I think DJ Reader. Yes. He's got a fun personality, mm-hmm. like a lot of fun. I love having him on our Fuddruckers shows. Yep. He'll be back. Oh. Yeah, he'll be back. All right. So that'll be cool. Uh, yeah, Whitney, I had a, Whitney I, Merciless. Whitney Merciless. Yeah, that's a good point. Whitney could do some of that, too. So, all right. Well, we thought we'd we broach that subject a little make bit. Make a Texans movie. And by the way, next week we're going to shoot a whole bunch of stuff for the season, including but not limited to Kid Reporter, which is coming back for, this is season, season three. three. And I think this is the last run for the you kids. You say this every year. Well, I, I do. but I think they're going to have something to say about that. Well, I think next year we have to break in the new kids, break and we'll have the, the old kids. kids doing something. Because, all right, so for people who don't know, and a lot of people have seen these videos, and they're great. 
uh, if we do say so ourselves, because these are our kids, they not are. like ours together, but your kid <laughs> and Separately. my kid. Our separate kids that our we bring in. Our separate kids are in this. And how it started was we thought, what if we, the other teams have done this? This is not a new idea. Mm-hmm. We thought, we'll bring in our kids because if nobody's done it better, though. But if it's terrible, we thought if it's terrible, it doesn't matter. We're not hurting anyone's feelings. We're That's the parents. True. We don't care. So we expected nothing when we first brought them in. And it kind of took on a life of its own. It, it was magical. And I think a lot of it is Jay McDevitt, our editing, director of video. Editing is, yes. Yeah, he, uh, the editing Everything. is key. Everything. We, it's not like we could go live with this stuff. <laughs> no, we couldn't because sometimes the kids have comments of their oh own, which are not on the note cards. But you know what's fun? Last year, they were in the building and players actually recognize them. They come up and talk to them like, hey, yeah. it's the kid reporters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their egos. Maybe maybe we need to put it to rest because their egos probably out of could, control. When I threatened to Luke that I think this is your last year. <laughs> what? What? Like he does. He wants to come back every year. You know, yeah. he knows because He's had people ask for his autograph. You know, it's kind of a joke, but it's not, you know, or people say, are you the kid reporter? Instead of saying, are you Vander Baby, which was (laughs) his name when he was a baby. When you were doing doing the morning shows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now it's like, are you kid reporter? And that's what I get. Uh, But he's a huge fan, obviously. He knows the team really well. I know Jogi knows the team well, too. Well, Jogi's at the games, and whenever Mm -hmm. they show Kid Reporter on the the big screen during timeouts and whatnot, uh, my husband said the people in our section now know that that's him, and they all turn around and high-five him, and people coming up and down the aisles high-five him. And he's just so bored with all the attention. (laughs) Like, yes, yes, that's me. I'm the Kid Reporter. Like, just so not... The opposite of humble. Have we created the child opposite. stars here? We're going we're gonna to suffer from some of the residual that child stars get. Like, oh, my gosh, we've ruined their lives with this stuff. Now, it's not like great fame or anything, but it is it is fun, and you'll be able to see those things soon enough. I'm, I know we're going to run but some I, replays. I love, I love the comments that people put up. I mean, obviously, you, whenever you put stuff on Instagram or Twitter, you, you open yourself up to a lot of criticism. But thankfully, you know, a lot of people love, love the segment. So, so I'm very as happy. far as starting quarterbacks or would-be starting quarterbacks, they did interview Osweiler. They did. They interviewed Savage. This is this year four? Didn't they no. interview Ryan Mallett? Why do I have this feeling? Maybe they weren't. No, around. they didn't. They did. They did. They interviewed Brock, and they interviewed. Oh, I'm thinking of us. Tom Savage. <laughs> I'm thinking of us interviewing we, Ryan Mallett on Texans Late Texans Night. Texans Late Night. He was the really now, good. Yeah, he, he was. And we we interviewed a once. lot of. We interviewed a lot of quarterbacks on that show. We, yeah. we had Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was our first guest ever. But the kids, the kid reporters, did interview Osweiler, and when he sat down, they were talking about – this is before Brock played it down for the Texans, by the way. It was in yes. the offseason. And when he sat down, the kids said, oh, you have no idea how bad it's been here at quarterback. Like, they were talking about all <laughs> they the – They were telling Brock about all the, <laughs> They were telling Brock about this. And I'm afraid of what's going to happen when Watson sits down for the first time. They're, they're ready. You know they're waiting for Watson. Yeah, they're going to be – I, I, you know, they never really get starstruck, but I think with Watson – even it with might've... JJ Watt, they handled it so well, you know. Yeah, I thought they were a little bit. They were a little bit fangirlish over uh, DeAndre Hopkins. They both yeah, loved DeAndre true. Hopkins, but they weren't nervous. They, uh, but it'll be interesting. It'll and be they interesting. had Andre Johnson too last year. They so did. That was pretty yeah. good. All right, DP. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Mark. Read DP stuff. HoustonTexans.com. It's all there. All the stuff on the rookies. Get to know them, and you'll know them more when we have rookie camp later this week. All the coverage for that tomorrow night. Johnny's got your show. We'll be on, though, and we'll talk about plenty, including we need to do a depth chart show. I thought we'd get to that tonight, but we didn't. 
depth chart show update following the draft class and the free agency acquisitions. We do it about once a month, and it's all fake, of course, because they're not going to share the real one with us, but we'll make our own because that's how we roll. And thanks so much for listening tonight. Galat at Night is next. Go Texans!